Hello everyone and welcome to Standing Tall Podcast. My name is Andrea Ventura and I'm here to talk about my life experiences as a model, share tips and advices on how you can become one too, discuss news about diversity in the industry, and so much more. Basically, I am here to remind you all to stand tall. How old is too old to model? Today on the podcast, we have Meredith McGrain, a 44-year-old petite model who started in the 2000s. We chatted about modeling while having a corporate job, while pregnant, after having a baby, what it was like to take a break and come back in her 40s, and everything she has learned during this journey. All right. Thank you so much, Meredith, for being on the podcast. How are you today? I am wonderful. It's lovely to meet you, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I I am so like excited to ask you like so many questions because you have <laughs> 20 years of experience in the industry. So first of all, let's start with like the main question is like, how did you start? How old were you? And how tall are you? I am 5'4". Mm -hmm. I have been in this industry for 20 years total, but there was a break in between when my daughter was little, and I'll get to that. Um, I can start from the, the beginning, and um, what I can do, because it is, I feel like, has potential to be a long story, okay. <laughs> what I can do is sort of uh, give you a framework, an overview, um, try to keep it high level, and then from there, we can go back and revisit any points you want to. I'll try to give like the... Yeah. The, o the overview, if you will, because I don't want it to get too lengthy. Um, but I am uh, 44 years old. I am, I started doing this in the year 2000. I am born and raised in Massachusetts. I live north of Boston. I'm uh, a mom and I had, gra I, grad so I graduated college okay. in 1998 And started working in high-tech PR, which was um, a pretty good paying job at the time, actually. And once I, I had to get an apartment, a car, I had student loans, I had just, you know, utilities and all those bills. Mm -hmm. And I realized very quickly that the money was just going out the door very fast. And... Um, I started, you know, I was talking to my parents and started thinking that like, I need to get a second job or something. Boston's a very expensive place to live. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, not quite New York or LA or San Fran, but it's, it's, it's pretty high up there. I've heard. Um, yeah. Massachusetts in general, it's pretty expensive to live here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm a new college grad. I have a, a, a pretty great job and, um, I was barely making ends meet, to be honest. And I had, you know, talked to my parents and I said, I feel like maybe need to get a second job. Like I might, you know, waitress or catering or something like I, I just to try to have spending money and be able to put money into savings and a 401k and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, um, Uh, modeling was actually my mom's idea. Oh, um, really? She, yes. Oh, wow. She's going to love this part of the story. Um, it was something she had always wanted me to do. She tried encouraging me when I was in high school. And I just was really, I was into sports. I was into my friends. I just wasn't into it. And, um, uh -huh. but then she brought it up at this point, And I'm the one that said, Yeah. Isn't that like for tall girls? Like, I don't, this doesn't seem like it would be for me. Like, and she felt, you know, I don't know if she heard word of mouth or she just felt like that wasn't the case and that there was opportunity in Boston. Well, um, I had always been very outgoing and, um, you know, big personality and mm -hmm. friendly and outgoing. I'm, you know, not generally a shy person. Um, I always got compliments on my smile. So, um, you know, my mom felt like, I, I could be really good at this. It. And I really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really sort of just said to her, oh, okay, fine. Look into it. Look, 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 look into it. And let me know who you come up with. Uh -huh. And she did. And this was really before the internet as we know it. So she, you know, she had to do some actual phone calling around and uh -huh. she uh, found a place that is no longer in business. So I won't mention their name, but um, we put a, small package together of just some information about me and snapshots the same way, um, you know, it's really done online now with, you know, just 
that it's that you don't need professional photos to just initially submit. You uh-huh. can just send snapshots. Yeah. And that's what we did. And this one agency wanted to meet with me. Mm-hmm. And I went in for the appointment and they signed me. And oh my God. That was, yeah. Um, so I don't have sort of, but I mean, it's also not New York. It's not LA. I mean, it yeah. is Boston. So I don't yeah. have, I mean, we're a major market. We're not in the middle of nowhere, but it is, you know, not New York and yeah. LA. But um, they wanted to work with me. And that was that. And how old and were, you? were you like 24? So this was closer to the, so I actually had to go back to my computer and do like, try to pull up old files to get a timeline for you because it was so long ago. Uh Um, It was the, the end of 1999. So call it 2000. Okay. Um, And they wanted to work with me. They signed me. I put some, you know, uh, had my one photo shoot and put, you know, my comp card together and um, had my very first audition sometime later, uh-huh. which was for Reebok. And it was some sort of, I don't remember, but it was, it was um, going to be a, a video. It was either uh-huh. like something that would run on a real, like in store, like an in-store oh video my God, or so cool. went to my first audition uh-huh. and I got it. <gasps> it's it's a very strange i know i got my very first audition and i remember sort of initially kind of thinking well this doesn't seem difficult at all (laughs) i would learn later that rejection does come believe Uh me um but initially i was like well this is working out really lovely for me um i got my very first audition i had to be a tennis player Uh um and I had played tennis growing up. I had, you know, I, I definitely knew how to play tennis. I'm okay. not, you know, very pro level or anything, but I knew enough to obviously speak it in an, yeah. 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 And I got it. And the first, so with this, with this, which, with this, um, first agency I was with, I was with them for two years before I moved to my current agency. Okay. So in those two years, I definitely did not work a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I what I was doing was felt great because it was corporations around here that were household names. I did work um, with Staples and Hasbro, and I wrote some stuff down. Um, I did more with Reebok. There were tech companies at the time that were you know names that people were familiar with. So I felt like I was doing some cool high level stuff, Yeah, but I, but I definitely, yeah. So it was, it was, it was neat, you know, for, for a Boston girl. Um, but I definitely wasn't working very much mm-hmm. at all. And I didn't really have a framework of what was, what would be working a lot or not a lot. I just, but you know, looking back now, I, I now looking back now, I know that I wasn't working a lot, but at the time I was like grateful for anything that was coming. Yeah. I was still working in high tech PR full time. I was a recent college grad, living in an apartment, having fun, traveling, dating. I was like, life is great. So when the modeling jobs came, I did them. And then if it was quiet for a while, I just I just went and lived my life. I wasn't really aware, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally it makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, because it was just sort of something like I was doing for for fun it was it was um the motivation in the beginning like i said was was money and the extra money was definitely wonderful but it was also it was very fun i learned i learned very quickly it was the creative outlet i didn't even know that i needed mm-hmm. um to have sort of a corporate job by day but then like have this little really fun creative side thing that i do um and over time i mean i can get into this later but over time it has truly grown into um very much a creative part of me, the creative process I love the most, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So for two years, I was with this other agency. And like I said, not, you know, working a ton, but I, when I did work, you know, you chat with the hair and makeup people, you chat with the stylist, you know, you're all kind of, you know, off in an area yeah. um, when you're not on set. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, inevitably we would all just say, Oh, who are you with? And, and peers, definitely my peers when I was shooting. And 
and everyone would say, who are you with? And I would say the name and, um, you know, everyone. And it was really mostly the like hair and makeup and stylist that would say, oh, you need to be with Maggie. Oh, you ne- you really need to be with Maggie. Maggie's the best. She's the best. That place is the best. You're going to work more like everyone kept saying it. And I probably maybe heard it a half a dozen times mm-hmm. until and I realized like I need to, to be with Maggie. Yeah, I think I need to I need to at least apply. I need yeah. to at least, you know, send over what I've done and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did. I uh, this was, you know, uh, again, back everything was in the mail. So I put my current comp card, any tear sheets I had at the time, a little a little resume, a little cover note uh-huh. and uh, mailed it off to Maggie and they wanted to meet with me. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, in hindsight, I don't know if I had if I had submitted to them before, I'd, I don't know if they would have wanted to meet with me. I think those two years with the smaller agency were almost like my development years. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I got a little something going before I submitted to, um, like a big you know, what is known as really, yeah, the big, a big agency um, and still around a lot when, a, you know, now 20 years later, a lot of the other ones have fallen away and my agency remains just a absolute powerhouse and mainstay in Boston for sure. Nice. Um, so I submitted and this is when Maggie was still, uh, there, there was a Maggie at Maggie and uh-huh. uh, she is no longer with us. Um, but I met with her and she signed me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was that story. Uh-huh. <laughs> Again, I was like, God, this is so easy. It's, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's not. Um, uh-huh. yeah. but, um, and I probably was there. So everything changed like more jobs, higher rates, just better, better, everything, just absolutely better. Everything. Nice. Um, and I probably was there from guessing about a year before I was like, all right, I, I want to do better. I want to, I want to know what can I, how can I improve myself? How can I just, just sort of what, what can I do more better? How can I grow? I, I got much more motivated. I got more into it. Um, than than I had been early on. Mm-hmm. And I asked to have a meeting with her. And I shared, you know, a, 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 what I just said that I, my goals were, and she did what was like I, I can now explain, like describe as like a Tyra Banks style America's Next Top Model like makeover. Um, suggested workshops. She set me up with photographers. Like it was, I, I don't know. And I, you know, I wonder if that would have happened if I hadn't asked for it. Um, uh-huh. You know, they're a busy agency. I, you know, they signed me. I just started working. Like I hit the ground running and and went. And um, I don't know. I don't know if she would eventually reached out to me and said, hey, I want to have a meeting with you. I want to talk about your career. Um, But certainly she was very willing and very wonderful when I reached out and asked for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, at the time, you know, set me up with a salon to go to. I got like a a haircut, um, brow shaping. I got a whole makeover. She had a lot of suggestions about, um, how to just, you know, take my book to the next level. And, um, my, my personal style wanted me to do better with like, you know, learning how to do my makeup and work, suggested some workshops. I mean, just everything. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, everything changed again. And I had maybe like four to five really good years. Nice. Um, hmm Um, where I had been working full-time early on and doing this Mm part-time, I was somewhat able to switch, or at least I then uh, made the switch from working full-time in the corporate world to part-time there and part-time modeling. So I was able to financially do that. um, But, you know, I didn't have my daughter then. I was just taking care of myself. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. and then, so I, that was a good, like I said, four or five year stretch. And then I got pregnant, I got married mm-hmm. and I got pregnant mm-hmm. and I was, I was still working when I was pregnant. Um, I do parts work, um, also in addition to print work and in addition to commercials. But when I was pregnant, I was able to do hand and shoe stuff because nice. you couldn't see the, the belly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. but I also did actual, um, 
like baby product stuff, like mm-hmm. real pregnant yeah. belly. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a, uh, some companies, you know, headquartered up here that do baby product stuff that I, I worked with. Yeah. That's awesome. It was so, yeah, it was great. I thought, well, this is lovely. We can just, you know, <laughs> do some parts, do some belly. Yeah. Um, and I, my daughter was born in 2007. I maybe was home with her like four or five, four, I think about four months before the phone started ringing people uh-huh. wondering where I was. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, I went back, I, I went back, um, and I, you know, had the support of my, my family to do so and went back to work and was back for about two years when my daughter started, um, presenting with some developmental challenges mm-hmm. and needed to, um, you know, go into s- some therapy, um, I'll keep this part brief, but as time went on, um, she was diagnosed with high functioning autism. Oh. Doing great today, but it was a, <laughs> that is why I stepped away. I had, I stepped okay. away because my family needed me. Um, yeah. and she need, I, you know, I had to devote myself to what she needed. And then, so I was gone for six years and then I got divorced and then I turned 40 mm-hmm. and, with the su- encouragement of my friends and family, they, I decided to go back to modeling and I reached out to my same agency. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie was no longer there, but um, Casey is now the owner at Maggie. Mm-hmm. I reached out to him, uh, asked for a meeting, told him my whole story, you know, about divorce, my daughter, you know, shared everything and just said, you know, if you're willing to, take a chance on me again. Um, you know, let's, let's see if I can do this. Let's see if I can, if I can come back, if I can make it work. Mm -hmm. And I am proud to say it is like the comeback of my life (laughs) that I just reinvented my whole life and, um, you know, have a great amicable relationship with my ex-husband. He's supportive and, but was able to just come back at age 40 and, um, I might've been closer to even 41 when I came back, but, um, and that, and, and I've been back for three years. Uh-huh. So I have like sort of two, I have two origin stories, the first yeah. one and the one being back. Um, and in some ways it's nothing's changed. I'm doing so many things that are very similar to what I did before. Um, and even more. I mean, I, I even more than I've I've ever imagined. So that's the overview <laughs> that I attempted to keep yeah, short. I it's an amazing, an amazing story, and I think you touch on so many things that people are usually like worried about. You know, your personal life and your age and getting pregnant and yeah, you know, taking <laughs> yeah, I mean, taking responsibility of your daughter and like kind of like having like a pause in your career and then coming back and, you know, willing to like not start over, but, you know, you kind of like had to like, you have six year break is kind of like long and then, you know, be like, you know what, I'm going to go back. It's just not easy to, to do that. So I, I love your story. Thank you so much (laughs) for sharing it with us. It's a wild one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's amazing. I love it. Um, so going from like all of the things that you've shared with us, uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, um, yes. was like, what about height in your career? Like, has it ever been something that has discouraged you or, um, any agent, any of your agents like before or right now, have they, if like, for example, you voice that you wanted to do something, have they ever been like, oh, like, sorry, like, you're too short, like, or, like, too bad, you're not, like, a little bit taller, you have to do this instead of this, like, have you ever, you know, deal with that? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was like when I was younger. I I feel like my answer is going to be a little bit all over the place. It's, it's such a mix. I mean, there's definitely been times where, I have, I have felt it like I almost like I wanted to hold myself back. Like I'd get, you know, asked to go to an audition or, you know, or, or even get the job. And I'm thinking, 
did they see my height? Are you sure they saw my sizes? Are uh-huh. you, are you sure uh-huh. you're, you're positive? They want yeah. me. Um, like you're thinking they're making a mistake. Like kind, kind of. And, yeah. um, you know, not cause I lack confidence, but I don't want to misrepresent myself. I, um, it's, it's interesting. I think in some ways when, so when I was younger in some ways, and maybe this is like, I, I don't know, as in some ways I, do feel like my agent in a good way Mm -hmm. was clear, wanted to be clear, wanted to accurately um, uh, represent what they could and could not Mm -hmm. in their best opinion Mm -hmm. do for me. And I do remember a conversation where it was sort of like, these are the types of things you'll probably do. And sort of like, these are the types of things you probably won't do. And in my very stubborn young mind, I do remember thinking, okay, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, we'll see about that. Uh-huh. Um, I think I have, I have a, then and now, I, I attempt to strike what I would say is a realistic balance between wanting to push myself, mm-hmm. wanting to, wanting someone to believe in me, wanting to always have aspirations. It can be very easy in any profession to get very comfortable with, well, this is what I do. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what I, you know, so a, a, I think a really healthy balance of um, being very happy and appreciative and grateful for what I do get booked for yeah. and having a percentage of me that's aspirational yeah. and where I'd like to see myself going. And I think it really does take a, a balance. Um, if you're not you, not you, but just any, you know, someone listening, if you're really um, just so dead set on only doing petite fashion and you think being in a, ad for CVS and a ad for Samsung. And, and, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the things I've done recently. Um, you know, I've, Facebook. I've, yeah. You know, you know, uh, if you're thinking, Oh, that's, that's not cool. That's not sexy. That's not glamorous. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work. You know, I only want to be petite fashion. You're going to really limit yourself. Um, and I, I, at least, at least around where I live, yeah. I can't, I can't speak to, other markets, but I think, um, it takes, you know, like I said, some sort of a healthy balance. Um, but you know, but then I did, um, a job recently that I, I specifically, like I auditioned, I went in, this was, um, uh, the audition was back. It was one of the last ones I went on in March before life shut down. Uh So it got postponed and we didn't shoot until June, but it was for, um, Clark shoes. And it was going to be, you know, not just feet, it was full, full body and definitely more on the fashion-y side, not, not shoe catalog, but mm-hmm. you know, shoe fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The product was shoes, but it was head to toe. They had me in beautiful clothing. And I went to, you know, when I got the audition, I'm thinking, are, are they sure? Did they see my height? Go to the audition, get the job with other models. Uh-huh. The day of the shoot, they're all like five, nine and me. And I'm thinking, why am I here? But I mean, they believed in me. They believed in Mm -hmm. me. They saw, um, I do photograph taller than I am. Mm -hmm. I certainly don't look like I'm five ten or anything, but I do photograph taller than I am. But, um, you know, and here I'm thinking, I got this job. Are you sure I got this job? Like, how did I get this job? But they saw me in person. They, they chose me. They saw something in me. I wasn't seeing. So I, I feel like it's, yeah, I know. Ju- I don't know. I know what you're it's saying. All, yeah, it's all over the place. It really is. Yeah. Um, because um, for me and what I want to like, and with your story, and I think that's, that's clear, is that when, when you're saying that, talking about like balance between like, you know, the goals that you want to achieve and the things that you want to achieve versus the things that you can do is kind of yeah. like the, the way that I want to put it out is basically like don't place your worth and your happiness on a certain agency or a certain job. You know, yes. because that's even if you get it, that's not going to make you happy. You know, happy is yes. being grateful with what you have right now, with your relationships, with your friends, your family. It's not on jobs, not on money, it's not yes. on things like that, you know. So 
Yep. I do think like, I, I want big things for myself. You know, I want to be signed to top modeling agencies. I want to do fashion, but at the same time, you're doing fantastic girl, <laughs> by the way, I, I checked you out. You're doing fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> but you know, I want to do big things, you know, but at the same yes. time, I know that even if I don't get there, I know that my hard work will still get me in a really good position in my life. And I'm going to be happy, you know, yes. like even like for some reason I don't get there, I'm still going to be happy. So that's like what I want people to like understand with their own career because yes. I sometimes get messages from girls that are like, you know, 15 and they're like 5'4 and they're like, oh my God, like if I don't do fashion, like I'm going to be so sad. You know, they don't say in that words, but basically that's what they're saying. Yeah. And I'm just like, wait, like commercials work. It's like really fun, actually. It pays so well, you know. Seriously, I mean, sometimes I'm like, "What? The money's on this side. What do you? What do you?" It thinking? is. It is. It is. <laughs> like it is. So, um, and it is. It is really fun. It has been. Um, I mean, it truly has been the ride of my life. It's. It's been the ride of my life. It has. It's been the thing I've done the longest, which is. It's just really funny. <laughs> modeling has. I've been, you know, modeling longer than I've been a mom. Uh-huh. It outlasted my marriage. It's outlasted every job. I've been doing this longer than anything else in my life. Yeah. Um, and it is really fun. It takes, you know, it takes us places that we'd never normally yeah. get to go and people like, would never normally get to meet. Yeah. So, um, so with yes. that, um, yes. what have been some of your proudest moments as a model? If you haven't like shared them already. No, I do. I, I, I um, I thought about this, um, I do have, I do have two of my most proudest moments. Um, they're recent and, you know, I, I, I work with so many great people. I've done so many wonderful product projects, um, over the years. It was sort of hard to pick, like really pick yeah, two. Yeah, I know. It's really hard. <laughs> but I, the two I, the two I picked were for, um, uh, very specific reasons. One, I, I actually have something here I can show you. So a couple years ago, when, so when I went back to Maggie, one of my first jobs was I booked the cover of Boston Magazine. Okay. And if you, it, this is, it is not Vogue, it is not Cosmo, but if you live around here, Boston Magazine is a wonderful, well-respected publication. We all grew up with Boston Magazine on our coffee tables. And, um, you know, to book a cover of something yeah, around, around here, it's, it's pretty uh, wonderful. And I was very excited. And when I went and I have it down here, when I went to, um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know beforehand what I was going to be shooting, but when I arrived, I was told, um, the, uh, it was a cover story. Mm-hmm the cover image uh, reflecting an inside story on the pay inequality between men and women at the corporate level. So, I mean, very, you know, time, timely, important. Mm -hmm. Um, And that they were planning to photograph me from uh, just the lips down because the whole point of this, and I very, I very much understood this and I, I was even though I wouldn't necessarily be recognizable, um, the, the scope of what we were doing, I knew how important it was Mm -hmm. because the point of photographing me from the lips down was, um, it wasn't, you weren't supposed to see any one specific woman or any one specific ethnicity. I was supposed to be representing all women, all, all women that, uh, you know, feel this, this pay inequality yeah. mm-hmm. in their lives personally, or just knowing it is out there as a woman. And we shot it at the Boston magazine offices, which is really cool to, you know, be able to be in there where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a member of the, um, I don't remember his exact title, but a member of the editorial, um, board and, the photographer and I, you know, I, when I got there that, you know, I'll, they pulled me aside, all three of us. And, um, it just, it just felt like a very important moment for me. Um, mm-hmm. they shared what the article was about and that I was needing to bring it to life. I was, I was, I, I, I was, I, I was chosen to, you know, bring a, vi- a visual representation of what was inside to life yeah. with 
only half my face. Yeah. So, you know, my, my direction was that I had to, you know, portray, um, I don't remember the exact words, but something along the lines of like powerful and pissed off. Um, yeah, that's hard to do with did, half your face. Yeah, powerful, but pissed. Like, why don't I make as much money as you for the same work? Yeah. Um, um, proud and disgruntled, um, determined yet mad, you know, like th this was my direction. And, um, I felt the importance of what I was being asked to do for, you know, in, in, in my own very small way, in a sense, but, you know, inside was an art and I, I, didn't wasn't able to read the article until the the issue came out but mm -hmm. you know I, I could understand what they were telling me and inside was an article um you know that some writer researched put their blood sweat and tears into it interviewed women who shared their personal stories and and I had to participate in representing that um and hopefully you know inspire people to buy the magazine and take it home and want to read more so I was an indirect you know part of that process but it felt really great <laughs> and here it is oh <laughs> wow so um that's my powerful yet pissed face apparently uh -huh. and um it just yeah I was I was really proud I was really proud to be a part of that I think I, I would have been so thrilled and so proud to be in absolutely anything on the cover of Boston magazine but yeah. Um, this was just, you know, an important issue for yeah. women and remains one. Yeah. Um, so amazing. that's, that's my first, that's my first one. If we have time, I can do a, a quick second one. Yeah, 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 go um, ahead. because actually for the second one, it was the, one of the most recent things I, I did. I just shot it in August. I actually signed a non-disclosure agreement, so I can't even really talk about it too oh, much Okay. other than to say, um, and when it eventually comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you and I'll share it on social media. But I was, I auditioned and then I went to a callback audition. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. the long list, yeah. the short list, the shorter list. Yeah. And was one of two women selected to portray a same sex marriage, a, mm -hmm. a two, a two mommy family. Okay. And for this product. And again, I can't, you know, uh, say too much about that, but I, I mean, it just blew my mind that, um, that it's taken, you know, all the, all these years for that to be rep. I mean, not that this is going to be the, the first ad ever, you know, where, mm -hmm. you know, a same sex couple is portrayed, but for me, for me, it is. Mm -hmm. And so all these years later, everything I've done to be, um, portraying this in an ad, I, I really, I did feel so proud and I, we were paired uh, with a family and I remember thinking during the time, and, and I feel this way, this, this way very much now, what means so much to me is some family somewhere will be able to see this ad for this product and especially a child. I love that some child somewhere will see this and see themselves represented in this ad. They will see their world in this ad, um, they'll just see themselves represented mm -hmm. and in included. That means a lot to me. Um, so that's all I can say, <laughs> but it's, it's really cool. It's really progressive and wonderful. Um, even, you know, when I, to, to see this change in, and this can potentially segue into something else. Um, I know you wanted to talk about, you know, just, just to see this change in the industry in general, to see different body types, different physical abilities. You know, I, I walk into target and we'll shop in the kids section for my daughter. And there's, there's um, children in wheel in wheelchairs, Beautiful. you know, if in clothing ads. And I think, Oh, this is wonderful that, a, you know, a child is going to come in here and, and, you know, see himself or herself represented yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, the curve models and, and exactly what we're talking about here, petite models. Yes. Um, yes. we are actually more, you know, typically sized than, um, yeah, we are, you know, a woman who's five ten, yeah. five eleven. Yeah. Um, we're literally the average woman height. So I don't understand yes. why we're not, you know, represented, but things are changing. Um, things are changing for sure. So, yes. 
um, in your career, is there something, yes. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you've learned, but is there something that you've learned um, that you will tell your younger self? One of, I've, one of the things I um, would tell my younger self, and I'm, I'm still working on this, if I'm being completely honest, is um, the way in which I have and still continue to downplay what I do. Um, I will catch myself saying, oh, I'm just a petite model. Oh, I'm just a lifestyle model. Oh, I'm on the lifestyle side. I don't do what the tall girls do. I'm, you know, I'm, and I need to, I need to stop that. Yeah. I, I wish I didn't spend my entire twenties saying that. that it's definitely important to be humble, <laughs> but, um, again, to strike that balance between, you know, this is what I do and this is, and this is what I'm good at. And I get, and I get paid for it. I've been getting paid for it for the better part of 20 years. Like I don't need to walk around anymore and say, I'm just anything. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Totally. Uh, Don't like a hundred percent. Like I sometimes battle with that too. And I also tell myself like, I am a model just like any other model. Like, we all do different jobs, not because I'm yeah. not like a fashion model. That doesn't mean I'm less of a model, you know, and yeah. I, I even see it on like big agencies. Like there mm-hmm. are commercial lifestyle models signed to top modeling agencies that don't do the fashion side of it, you know. So if they're in that big agency and they're very successful, very well known, why yeah. am I not feeling proud of like what I do right now because I don't do fashion, you know? So I totally understand what you're saying. Like I, yeah, I, I sometimes I'm, I am there too. And I'm just like, wait, 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 like I'm totally like on the same level as anybody else that is doing fashion just because we do different things. Like, yeah, but it's still modeling. It's still the same job. Like we, yep. are, you know, we're getting paid. We're working for amazing brands. So I, Totally understand like the struggle that you're um, telling yeah. me. Um, and now to move a little bit more to like something else is like, yes. what would you tell now the new like younger generation of models are, are coming into like the industry? And this yes. is something that we kind of like discussed previously was about like putting your phone down. And like yes. <laughs> and I have, I have notes. Hold on. I have some notes for this. Well, well you find your notes. Uh, I'm just going to share. And it's like, and this I told yes. you on the email, it was like, I was, I think I was watching a live from supermodel Coco Rocha. And yes. she actually said that she was saying how, when you go to castings, you should put your phone down and you should be aware of like, you know, yes. the people that are around you bring a book you know, talk to the models that are around you, not be like super focused on like your phone. And, and I I really want you to like talk about it. Because for example, me like, I mean, I'm on my on my phone, you know, and it's just because I feel like I don't have anybody to talk to. And, you know, might as well just scroll while I wait, you know, you know, I don't really think much about it. So from your inside experience, like, what would you tell somebody like younger that's on their phone? I, so yes, I definitely, and we can definitely move into this um, portion of the chat. And I do, ha- I do have some notes, um, but I very much, um, I, I want to, I very much wanted to talk to you for the purposes of wanting to give back to um a, a young, a younger, just wanting to give back. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's going to actually hear this. What, what young impressionable ears this podcast is going to fall on. But um, there's so many people that have helped me and mentored me and answered my questions. I mean, for a really long time that I, I wanted to um, give back to you and your listeners, what, what I can to help. Um you know, share what I've learned. And, um, so taking the, 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 put your phone down thing, it's, it's a combination of everything you said. And so I didn't, I didn't, I'm of an older generation. I didn't grow up with the phone. So I grew up at a time where you did just sit there with a book or, or talk to people. Uh-huh. Um, but I think there's so many wonderful things about social media. Um, 
Instagram, TikTok, you know, all of those things, it is important to show behind the scenes. Here's where I am today. It shows people you, you're working. It shows um, that you're staying busy. You know, it's, it's, it's all good. You know, the behind the scenes, the TikTok, posting on Instagram, it's all good stuff. But it can't, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it cannot replace just talking to people. And I don't even mean networking like you have to go in kind of like with a yeah. game plan and schmoozing, you know, like I just, there, I, I see it happening too often. There has to be, again, a balance of, I did a TikTok video. I did, I'm not even on TikTok, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. But your stuff's great. Thank you. Um, that I see on Instagram. So yes, is it, it's, there has to be some sort of a balance of, I did a TikTok. I took a couple behind the scenes things. I'll save it for later. I'll post it tonight. And then you put, um, and then you, you put your phone down mm-hmm. and you be present, not you, but just all of us, myself included, be present in that room, be present at that shoot. If you, again, the, you, the collective, you, if you are on your phone the whole time you are doing, I think you are doing yourself a, a gigantic disservice because you could be talking to your peers. Uh, disclaimer, as long as you're not being disruptive, as long as no one's being, you know, talking during shooting or not being where they're supposed to be or being disruptive. I mean, like during hair and makeup chat with hair and makeup during the downtime, during lunch, during break, it's a little different now with, you know, social distancing, but yeah, people can still have a conversation. And I think um, there needs to be a better balance of, I got the social media stuff and now I'm just here in this room and I'm talking and listening. That's the most important. Um, I did a job recently with a woman in her sixties and she had a lot of great things to say that I, um, loved hearing. She has 20 years on me. And if I had been on my phone the whole time, we wouldn't have had this amazing conversation. And it's, you know, hair and makeup, wardrobe, uh, production assistants, they're a wealth of information. Your peers, a wealth of information, just chat, you Mm -hmm. know, what have you been up to? Here's what I've been doing. Like in just, it's, it's just chatting and information sharing. And, um, especially, you know, someone younger, is working with someone older, you know, this is, and you, and if you, if it's a big production, you, the, the bigger the shoot, the more the downtime. So yeah. chat, this is someone you can learn from. Um, I'm learning from young. I don't want to make it seem like I'm only learning from someone in their sixties. I'm learning from the younger generation about um, doing better at my social media and things like that, mm-hmm. that um, I just think it's, it's critical. It really is to, to just chat and listen and ask questions. And even when you're not shooting, if you, as close as you can get to set with, as long as you're not doing anything, you're not supposed to. Um, but if you, and just watch, it's like watching a workshop unfold before you watch what the other talent is doing when it's not your turn. Watch, listen, you know, just kind of eavesdrop, listen to the feedback, listen to the director, listen to the client, listen, you know, um, because there's so much to be learned from just observing what's around you as well. Yeah. And um, I feel like that's the, the biggest thing I would love to share is, and it sounds, it doesn't probably doesn't sound profound until someone does it at their next job and they're like, Oh, I would have missed out on all of this yeah. scrolling on Instagram the whole time I'm sitting here. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, because I've had Um, great conversations with uh, models, makeup artists, um, directors, like whoever it is on set that I have a chat with is always an amazing informational conversation, you know, so and and I learn things, I connect with people, I get another job, I get another agency. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it is true. It is true what you're saying. That you should, you should shoot with this person. You should find this person on social media. Totally. Yeah. Um... And I think, so one of the other things that I felt was very important and not everyone might agree with me, but in the, I think it's, 
I, I, I see I see models not doing this, and I'm not always sure why. Um, I think it's incredibly important on the various social media outlets to share not just your photos from test shoots or headshots or you know look I I, I you know the, the type the, yeah. those types of portfolio shots. I think it's incredibly important to share the final product of your work, the commercial, um, even if it's only, you you know, the, the, the commercial, a screen grab of the commercial, the final ad. And you'll, um, I see some of that on your Instagram, which is wonderful. And you'll see it on mine as well, because it's what I feel Mm -hmm. separates the working model from I'm going to catch a lot of slack for this, the working model from the Instagram model. And to, and you, I I think it's important to share and show I am working and this is what I'm doing. Um, It shows, it just shows people what you can do. It Mm -hmm. shows range. You know, you could be in a suit and something corporate one minute and then a mom. I you know, saw some of your mom stuff. Yeah. I have that too, except that my kids, they book my kids older now. I don't get the babies anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but hey, look, I'm in a suit. I, now here I'm in scrubs. Here I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Here I did something kind of fashion-y. Here I'm in a commercial, you know, non-speaking and here I'm in a commercial where I'm speaking. And it's so important to show that stuff. And I, I see it... Um, you know, whether it's in my industry or just people I follow on Instagram in general. And I think, and if it's someone I know, sometimes I think, I know you're doing great stuff. Why are you not sharing it? Why, you know, because then it just, if it's just all test shoots, it might appear to someone that you're not a working model. Yeah. You're, um, mm-hmm. not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, people can model for a hobby, Yeah, model mm-hmm. for a hobby, go for it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's important. I don't, and I don't see it happening enough. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. you know, I totally and, understand what yeah, you're people aren't going to know what you're good at unless you tell them what you're good at. They're not mind readers. Yeah. And, and so, say, you know, say it and there's a way to say it with uh, gratitude and humble, you know, to be humble, but you know, and I, I, I'll bounce things off my friends to make sure I I'm achieving that goal, but to say, you know, don't just post something and not give a little explanation or, you know, and especially you got to tag people. I see people not tag. You got to, you got to tag and give credit. Yeah. It's so important. Um, but you know, a little something saying, Oh, Hey, you know, I did this commercial and I did the voiceover this day too. They're not going to know it's your voice unless you tell them they're not Mm going to know. So then you, then you're showing, I did these two really cool things. Not only am I in the video, but Hey, I did the voiceover too. And now someone out there knows, that you can do that and they wouldn't know you can do that if you don't tell them you can do that yeah yeah um yeah it's, i think it's and i and, and you do a fantastic job with your stuff but um you know just taking the time taking yeah. the time in a little ca- caption you yeah know? say what you did say what you did say yeah. who was there thank people it's just it doesn't take a lot of time and it's important i think yeah yeah like i completely agree with what you're saying and like to expand on that because like i've taken like um coco rocha like model camp and i'm gonna find her (laughs) yeah and also like i saw live from a casting director i think they both touched on this and it was like they were just saying how your feed cannot just be like you said just test shoots and portfolio photos because if a casting director or an agent is trying to see like what you look like, they know these photos are edited. They know that these photos have professional lighting, professional makeup. So this is not a true representation of who you are. It shows what you can do, but it's not a true representation of what you look like, you know, and they want to see what you look like. They want to see your personality. You know, they want to see if you have any other hobbies, any other talents, and uh, like what you said is like this uh, cast, I think it was the casting director or Coco Rocha. They were saying how um, they want to see a mix in your uh, Instagram of yeah. like, yeah, you're working and you have like what you said, like this uh, commercial that you did, this ad, whatever, and maybe a test shoot. But they also want to see regular photos that you took with your iPhone, like you're yes. walking 
and on the sidewalk, you're chilling in your room, you went out somewhere with a view, like, you know, just like regular plain photos yes. that are not edited, that they don't have filters on it and yes. things like that. So I and and it's true what you're saying that a lot of like aspiring models, because I feel like a, most of the people that do that are aspiring models, their entire feed is just professional test yeah. shots. You know, and they don't show the real raw images of their everyday life and what they do and their personality. Yep. Um, so it's very important. And if you even compare the... I'm trying to get better at that myself. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. My, and, and so to validate what you're saying, my agent told me the same thing um, uh-huh, a, couple yeah. years, a couple years ago when I got on... On Instagram? Instagram, and I was so new to it. Um, uh-huh. I didn't get on until I... I, I only got on for this purpose. Um, and, you know, for the purposes of having it be, you know, um, more work oriented. Um, but yeah, that was the same, the, f- the feedback he gave me for yeah, sure. Was yeah. To and even if you the- compare your, I mean, um, an inspiring model feed that's like full of test shoots and you compare yep. it to a top model, you notice that top models are not sharing. They rarely even share their like professional photos. They're usually sharing their selfies on their bedrooms, yeah. selfies on their bathroom. Um, they went out with a friend and had some like salad or pancakes or whatever. <laughs> um, they have a photo of them being on set, which shows that they're yep. working. Um, yeah. Then they then after a f- like I don't know how many posts, maybe they share. You know, they got the cover of Vogue or something like that, or they got like a big campaign for like Maybelline. But then they yep. go back to like them just sitting on their couch, you know, and they take a photo, um, enjoying you know what they do every day in their yeah, life, you know. Totally. So that that's when you see like what should I be posting on my Instagram? And your like guide should be like you know this top models that you like and follow. What are they posting? How do they post? Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I need to do better at that myself. I've, I've been, you know, working on that for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, that like, you know, that whole balance definitely. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to go back to the whole like age thing and yes. So like so many aspiring models are concerned about their age and you see it with that with any age i usually get messages between girls between like 15 to about 30 like maybe like mm-hmm. the oldest i usually get and um they're all concerned like a 15 year old is concerned of being too old to model just oh as a God. 20 year old <laughs> just as a 25 year old so what would you tell the people that are listening like about their age like like to not be concerned with it and still try, even if you're like 20, 30, yes. 15, you know? Yes. Um, I would, outside of our industry in general, I would say you are never too old to follow your dream for absolutely anything. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, I was able to, I mean, I had prior, prior experience, but to be able to, you know, make that comeback is you know, one story that I hope inspires people. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, um, two women I've met in recent years. Um, one I shot with this summer and she is in her forties and she just, just started in her forties. She is, um, I, I, I'm going to try to remember what she told me of, of her story, but she um, lives in Maine. She, can, you know, just was asked by some local businesses in her neck of the woods to, um, you know, lo- small businesses to do some modeling. I think it might have even been, you know, in her friends of hers. And she is a ray of sunshine, stunningly beautiful. And, uh, you know, just, just radiates, um, in a, in an image and, um, her, her friends encouraged her to mail them down or, you know, mail them, email them, uh, down to my, uh, agency in Boston. Mm -hmm. And, um, she was signed in her forties and now she's, you know, we booked a job together and we were, um, you know, so both there from Maggie and, and she shared the story with me. Yeah. And, and she's in Maine. She's um, not even in Boston or like Massachusetts, right? 
Yeah. Well, New England's so small. It's like New England's kind of, I mean, everything is, I mean, where she is, it's probably like an hour and 45 minutes off yeah. or something. So it's But not I mean, that she's bad. not like local, local, you know? Like, yeah. 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 New England's kind of like one big state in a sense. But, uh-huh. um, and then another woman I worked with um, just started in her 60s. She was... Um, I'm I almost positive she told me it was something along the lines of she was at um, a museum opening or a museum gala fundraiser, like something at a museum where there was a professional photographer going around um, photographing the event. And she was just a guest of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, and this photographer said, have you, do you model? Have you ever modeled? Like you, you really should be modeling and really encouraged her and, and, you know, told her to reach out to uh, Maggie and, um, you know, gave her that push and encouragement. And she's in her sixties, she's a grandmother and she's like, I'm living a second life. Like she's, and, and having a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and another just, you know, radiant, beautiful, positive energy person for sure. Um, so, I mean, if those two stories don't tell someone somewhere that it's never too late, first of all, it's never too late to try anything. One of my, um, regardless of age, one of my favorite expressions is the answer is always no, if you don't ask. So you could ask and the answer is no, or you could not ask and the answer is no. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So yeah. don't, don't not, don't not try. Don't not submit. If you know, I mean, you can keep it private. You don't have to go advertising to everything, every, everybody, you know, Yeah. if you want to keep it private and just kind of see. And even when I first started modeling, I didn't tell anyone right away. I wanted to kind of feel it out. I wanted to see, I'm talking like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I kept it private, personal, just my family knew. I wanted just to kind of see how it went, see how I did, see if I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not everything needs to be on social media. If someone wants to give it a shot they can keep it to themselves for now and yeah exactly so to end this uh interview i i have a question that i ask all my guests and it is like what would you tell someone that's listening to the podcast right now that they don't feel good enough they don't feel that they're pretty enough tall enough their skin is not good enough um whatever it is that they're insecure about they think that that thing is gonna not let them model like what would you tell them oh my goodness that's 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 a big one um because it's something I work on with myself every day I mean uh self-worth is an everyday um reminder effort um it's I would say you have to somehow dig deep in yourself and believe in yourself. Um, It is very dangerous to put external self-worth, you touched on this earlier, to put external self-worth and validation for anything outside of yourself, whether it be a job or relationship. Um, so much of that, ha- like you spoke about this, that happiness needs to always originate from inside here. It can't be, if I do this, um, I'll be happy. If I, I get this relationship, I'll be, if I get married, I'll be happy. You know, it, ha- it has to always somehow originate from inside you. Um, find ways to believe in yourself just whether, however it needs to be done. Um, but just believe that as and in, and now more than ever, we are really seeing a shift to, um, beauty representing lots of, uh, beauty is represented in lots of different ways, whether it's transgender cancer survivor, um, different abilities. I mean, it's now more than ever, we're seeing it and I would encourage girls to always be working on that confidence, that self-worth and believing yourself from the, from the inside out, not, not externally, not comparing, not thinking you're supposed to achieve anything by a certain age. Um, 
and being being grounded within yourself. Work in progress. It is a yeah. I, I have not perfected it anything. It is. It is. Be- believe me, I know. And uh, but yeah, uh, thank you so much, Meredith, for being on the podcast and sharing. Thank you so much. Story. I feel like we could go around two someday because <laughs> yeah, there's so much. Um, yes, but yeah, but thank you so thank, much. Thank you for uh, sharing your. Um, personal life with us and the things that you've learned and given us you know tips advice and everything like that so yeah i'll put your um social media on the description okay. box if anybody wants to you know, follow you reach out um but yeah thank you so much and thank everybody for listening to this episode Bye. thank you everybody thank you andrea My, like you are doing wonderful with everything that you're doing and i wish you the best of luck for sure thank you so much